Hi, welcome to Everyday Illumination. I'm Amy Leiter. And I'm Matthew Stafford. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we are here with Michaela Ray, just a beautiful human and exceptional practitioner that has become a friend. I really am excited to hear about her story and know more and also share with you about her beautiful gifts and where she's headed now. So um, she is one that is always on the move and um, I thoroughly enjoy connecting with her. So what does awakening mean to you? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, to me, awakening really means doing a lot of unlearning of the society that we live in, a lot of unlearning of the way that we were taught to be and show up in this life. Um, to me, it's, it's awakening to what your heart is actually calling for versus what you've been told to do and how you show up in life. I love that. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm just so excited to have you here. Is there something that um, you want to share that has come up like in preparation or, or anything around the podcast? Um, you know, yeah, no, I just am like so excited to be a part of this podcast because I think it is just so wonderful. I've listened to all the episodes you guys have out so far. And it's just so fun listening to everybody's awakening story. Like, it's amazing how many different ways there are to come into this awakening. Um, with the work that I do, I get to hear lots of these stories. And so it's just, it's just wonderful. And I'm excited to share my story and keep listening to more and more episodes that you guys come out with. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, with that in mind, you know, kind of the first question I have when you answered the question on what awakening means to you, and you so elegantly put it, you know, that it's unlearning these things that, you know, have been kind of put on us um, since birth, right? Um, all of these stresses, all of these thoughts on who we should be, what we should be doing, all of those sorts of things. When did you start realizing that you wanted to go down that unlearning path and kind of start awakening? How did that start for you? Um, it was about, it was about eight years ago now that I really, um, I was in an interesting situation in my life. I was married to somebody who was definitely not a soulmate. He was uh, more or less a very controlling, manipulative person. And this is like a past life healing that I had to experience. And I joined an MLM. I joined uh, Beachbody, and one of the things that they preach so much is, is personal development. And so I started reading all these different books about personal development. I really started to understand like who I was and different powers that I have in different ways at looking at life. And so much of personal development, I'm sure you guys know this, is going inside and figuring out what you actually want and what your voice sounds like and really separating away from the way that society teaches you how to do things. And so that's where I really started to understand that one, the way that I was taught to believe and think is not the only way to believe and think. And two, um, because I was a part of this MLM, there was so many people around me that were also thinking in an alternative way that were becoming very spiritual. And so I had a community of people around me who could like more or less validate the things that I was thinking that I felt like this is really weird, but like, no, there's a bunch of other women and, and uh, people around me that are also thinking and I can have these great conversations. So it kind of created a space of safety for me to um, lean into this alternative lifestyle and also have people to talk about 
this stuff with. Yeah. And I think that's so important is having that community and having people to talk to and kind of relate to, right? Even though everyone's experience is different, being able to have those conversations, especially like even in the format of this podcast, right? Have these conversations and learn what other people are going through and what they've been through and what got them there. I think that that just continues to help with that growth. What were some of the kind of techniques that you started with um, when you kind of started dismantling um, that outside world and kind of going inward? Yeah, I mean, I think the first step for a lot of people is just like kind of getting into like crystals and meditation and stuff. Whenever I actually started leaning into some healing modalities, I read this book. um, It's called The Emotion Code. And uh, they go pretty deep into somatic therapy. And that was like the first place that I really learned like beyond just getting to a certain like mental space and a space of like quietness and like being able to hear your thoughts. Um, that was the first modality of healing that I actually, like I started doing on myself and I was like, oh my gosh, there's like a lot of emotions that are trapped physically in my body. And like, for the most part, I've had a pretty phenomenal life, like not like severe childhood trauma. And I was like, wow, like if I have this much to be released here, like I can't even imagine how much other people have. So then I had some great friends and stuff that would allow me to start practicing these things on them. And so Somatic therapy was kind of my gateway into healing. That's so beautiful. Um, Yeah, I know I worked with a few somatic therapists um, through my time at Naropa. And um, that really was a a big wake up call for me as well. And I know um, from doing a session with you, which is how, how we met, I was able to clear you know, pain that had been in my neck that I had been going to the chiropractor for, for like a decade or more, um, on, in under 60 minutes, you know, and barely had anything ever returned. So, so yeah, that's super powerful. And I started reading the book and realizing that, that like, oh yeah, like, like all of this makes sense. And, and it's such a beautiful modality and a process that you use. Yeah, it really is. And it doesn't take like a certification to be able to do it. The book tells you, like, this is how you do it. This is how you muscle test. Here's a chart of a ton of emotions that you can go through and see which ones are trapped. And it's just a phenomenal book for anybody who's like leaning into this area of healing. Maybe for people who are listening, who maybe aren't super familiar with somatic healing, can you just give like a brief, very general, um, maybe not definition, but just kind of explain what that modality is and kind of what it encompasses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So somatic therapy is releasing emotions that get physically trapped within your body. So any time throughout your entire existence here in this lifetime that you experience an emotion that you don't actually allow the outlet for, we suppress it, that emotion gets trapped physically in your body. Um, so, So like if you experience anger or rage or hatred, right? The world tells you like, that's not okay. Like you can't, you need to push that down. You need to suppress it. So that, that anger, that hatred, that rage gets stored in your physical body. And it creates things like Amy just talked about, like pain in your neck um, or uh, just a ton of different things, um, anxiety and depression and just random pains that you can't explain. And so somatic therapy will come and it will, you muscle test to find out what these emotions are that are suppressed in your physical body. It will tell you any other information that you need to know about this, like when it, 
when it got trapped, if it's attached to anybody else, if it's showing up physically in your body, it can show you where it's showing up. And then you just, you can use your hands or you can use a magnet and you go over the grand meridian, which in your body is from the tip of your nose up and over your head down to your tailbone. And it physically pulls this emotion out of your body therefore creating the healing. So now that is gone. This is a past event that happened. We don't go into the past and relive that experience. So that emotion is gone forever. And the side effects that it was causing is gone forever. That's a great explanation. Thank you for explaining that. I also woke yeah. up with a pain in my neck and shoulder. So I'm wondering what that is. Right? <laughs> I was Your thinking body's I slept on it wrong. You. Yeah. Now I've got to do some deep work and figure this out. <laughs> yeah. So as, as you started and continued working with that and you had friends that you, you know, were working with and, and people within your community that you were trying, um, trying some of these modalities on and having these conversations and growing, how did that then continue to take off for you? Was that kind of finding that community and being able to do that work and seeing those responses? Was that validating that inner work that you were doing and continuing, making you want to continue to keep digging and keep doing that work? Um, or was it at a point where you're just kind of like, well, this feels good right now. And I'm just going to kind of sit with it and see where it goes. Eventually, that can kind of take you further down the road. Um, but I guess the question I'm asking stems from I think a lot of people um, sometimes can get in their everyday life. And this is why I'm asking they can just become sort of just kind of numb to what's happening. They start going through those motions, right? Um, and it is it is a, a re repetitive thing that they're doing. So even if they start working on doing some sort of healing, they might get into it a little bit and then they might just sort of plateau out um, and not continue for a while, which is fine because sometimes you need to sit there and be in that space. Um, but were you able to sit there and be in that space and then it kept developing and taking you further down your path? Or was it something that kind of lit a fire inside you where you wanted to continue doing that work? Yeah, so there's two things that like really continued to propel me forward with that. Um, one is that I started to develop a really, really phenomenal intimate relationship with my angels. I have two angels that are with me all the time. Like they're always just with me, talking to me, protecting me, guiding me. And I did a lot of deep inner work and like meditation to like get their names and, and allow them or ask them to show themselves to me. So I knew what they looked like. And we just like really developed this phenomenal relationship to where I can hear them and feel them like all the time. So they're always telling me like when it's time um, to get certified in something else. Like I, I was interested in Reiki, but I was like, oh yeah, that's just like a really cool modality. Like I love receiving Reiki. So I would go to Reiki masters and they would work on me until the point came in time when my angels were like, all right, your turn. Like you're going to get certified. I'm like, all right, cool. This is great. Um, and then with like childhood integrations and past life integrations and the Akashic records and all this stuff, they're just very loud in the sense of telling me like, okay, it's time for you to do this. It's time for you to learn this new modality. It's time for you to expand on the things that you're doing. And then also I had started charging for sessions with me right before the pandemic hit, um, right before the world shut down and went into quarantine. And when the world shut down, I deep dived into quantum everything, any information I could find on quantum physics, quantum jumping, quantum entanglement, everything I could possibly 
learn and read and look up, I just, I went balls to the wall with the quantum everything. And so I just like this passion was just ignited. Um, I had so much time on my hands because the world shut down and um, I still had income coming in. And so I was able to like travel to all of these places where my soul felt really good. Um, I was outside a lot. I'm a huge outdoors person. So I was just camping all over away from everybody following the mandates, but like also following my soul at the same time. And so like the fire just never went out. And I, during that time had built a website and was just like, Hey, I'm doing this new thing, like with clients that I was already working with. And I was like, I really feel like this is going to be super beneficial to you. And so they would allow me to work on them in these new modalities. And they would come to me with just raving reviews and testimonials. And they're just like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to explain how great I feel. And so of course that keeps the liar, the fire lit. And then, um, I find so much joy in doing these sessions because I see my power. I see the ability that I have to like drastically change these people's lives. Like, and so the fire just never goes out. And every time still to this day, every time I finish a session, I close my laptop and I'm like, damn, I am good at what I do because I'm following that soul passion, right? The purpose that I have with this lifetime. So the fire, I've never had any issues with the fire going down or a plateau. That's awesome. Well, because you found your purpose is what it sounds like. And following that, it just continues to strengthen that within you, right? So that you Mm -hmm. continue to put it out. When you talked about um, getting on the road during the pandemic and traveling around and things like that, um, what was one of your favorite places that you traveled to? Sedona, Arizona, hands down. Sedona was my favorite place to go, which if you haven't been there, it's just a giant vortex of energy. And there's so much BLM land that you can go camp on for free. And of course, like you're following like the six foot rule and everything, like there's nobody around you, but it is just so powerful there. Um, I was there like six times in four months. Like it was just so powerful there. You also briefly talked about in some of the modalities, you you kind of mentioned the Akashic Records. Would you maybe mind um, describing the Akashic Records and kind of what they mean and what they are to individuals who maybe don't understand? Oh, I would love to. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, the Akashic Records is the record of your soul since it was crystallized into reality. So every single thing you've ever experienced in any lifetime, that anything can be found in your Akashic Records. Um, It's this ultimate, absolute divine energy. Uh, You can find answers for past, present, and future because time is not only linear, it is also cyclical. So you can find the answers to past life healing. Um, You can get an understanding of the direction you can take your life right now to be in your soul's highest alignment. And it is, um, personally, I think it's just the most healing modality that there is. There's a lot of really phenomenal things, but when your soul calls for the Akashic records, it's really, really, really ready to just up level. It's really ready to step into like this golden light. Uh, it's called the pillar of light and it's just 
one of the most beautiful places you can go and your master's teachers and loved ones come through and they give you answers for anything that you're struggling with, any relationships that you're struggling with. Um, if you want if you feel super connected to somebody like myself and Amy, as soon as we met, we're like, yeah, we've definitely had past lives together. We could go into the Akashic records together and see what those past lives have been. Um, it's not just a healing modality. It's a, it's a really beautiful alignment for your soul purpose. So how, when you started getting into that, like, how did, was it something that you kind of found on your own through your own practices and your own understanding and then worked to get there? Or was it something you were doing your own work? And then all of a sudden you realized you, you had access and were in alignment with the Akashic records and could access them. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so like I was saying earlier, I have a really good connection with my angels. And they started dropping this word into my mind um, whenever I was like laying in bed, kind of asleep, kind of awake, you know, that in-between space. And I just kept hearing the word, the Akashic Records. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I like, what do you guys want me to do with this? Do you want me to Google it? Like, I don't understand. Um, and I was really struggling with an understanding of this relationship that I had with a very good friend of mine. And I was just like confused. Like, why is our relationship the way that it is? Um, and they just kept saying Akashic Records. And then this woman that I follow on Instagram, as soon as I opened up my phone, after they told me this for like the 17th time, she was talking about the Akashic Records and how she does sessions for this. And I was like, all right, boom, sold. Like, take my money, please. Um, I did a session with her. And at the end of our session, she was like, all right, so when are you going to start doing the Akashic Records yourself? I was like, excuse me, what? And she's like, yeah, you've definitely been here. She's like, your master's teachers and loved ones are talking to you more than they're talking to me. I'm just hearing it and like telling you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. And she's like, um, she's like, you know, the Akashic records, they're this modality of healing. Like it doesn't take a certification. She's like, it's all of remembering and everything when we're in the records together, she's like, they're, they're like, finally, she's back speaking to me like finally I'm back in the records like finally and I was like oh my gosh this is like really wild and so then I just started I started like looking it up I got some books started reading and then um there's a pathway prayer that you say to get into the records and the first time I went into the records on my own I was like wow like that feeling of home right it can be really hard for like starseed souls to feel home on this planet and as soon as I went into the Akashic records I was like goodness like I just felt like I was just surrounded in this gold sparkly light and I was like okay I don't ever want to leave and it's like no you can't stay there forever but um yeah it was just such a beautiful remembering I practiced again on a bunch of friends that are super open to this stuff um I'm a big talker and so if I'm going through something new in my life everybody in my life knows about it and so I was like talking about the Akashic Records constantly and they're like shut up <laughs> And so it just like, it was just one of those perfect synchronicities, you know, things just worked out exactly how they were supposed to. So what, what kind of came next on your path? You're going through the pandemic, you've learned some of these modalities, you've been practicing, you're, you know, really feeling in tune and aligned with your purpose um, and your higher self. So, you know, coming, I guess, kind of on the tail end of that pandemic coming out of it, what has your path been like since then? Well, when my furlough from my job lifted and I had to go back to work, um, I was a personal trainer. I was, I loved the clients that I had. The I worked at Lifetime. They were phenomenal to me. They took very good care of me. But I went back when the furlough lifted and I was back in a building for 40 to 50 hours a week 
being told I have to wear a mask. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is not for me. Like I have built up a, a website. Like I have a pretty solid client base. And so I was like, I'm sorry, guys. Like here, I gave them a three weeks notice and they were so kind to me about all of that. But I was like, I can't be inside. I can't be inside for this long. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. This has been a great support for me for a very long time. I'm so grateful. Like I cried telling my boss that I was done because like I love people and it's really hard for me to be like, peace out. Um, but I did. And my business has like fully supported me uh, the whole time. There was a period where I got a little bit scared. So I picked up like some side work and everything, but it's definitely unnecessary. And um I just went fully virtual with it. I moved out of my house. I bought a camper so that I can be a lot more nomadic. I love to travel. Uh, it didn't make sense for me to pay rent anymore. And so I've been on the road with my dog and my kids since then. Um, I have been picked up several times now to work retreats and do this, do whatever modality of healing comes through for people who are attending these retreats. I started teaching the Akashic records online and in person and, and teaching other people how to read the records and find this, this healing modality. And it's just incredible because I just continue to watch these things that I've developed myself spread out, right? It's so amazing because for a long time, it's just been me servicing clients. And now I'm teaching people to also service clients. So I just watching this ripple effect of healing and this just divine consciousness just spread and spread and spread. And it, it's just been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I'm so excited to, um, there will be some future dates that we will be releasing soon around um, Michaela joining us in Colorado and hopefully in Costa Rica. And I cannot wait to one, just get to spend time with you in, in person because we never have before, but also just to see that ripple effect you're talking about. I think it's something that many practitioners right now are seeing and understanding that this alignment and integrity and being able to like share all of these things and have a time where it's a little more widely talked about and accepted, like the spiritual, um, aspects of our lives feel like at least for me that they're expanding so um I know that you you just taught this in person um recently taught the Akashic Records and connecting are there any um this is what was going through my head the last few minutes are there it's kind of a two-parter so are there any stories that you can tell that clients have have said okay yeah you can share this or is there something in teaching the records that that really stuck out to you um, that would be cool to share for people listening to be able to just take it all in and understand a little more? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I ask for consent anytime we have like a really incredible session or post-workshop and stuff to share these stories. And people are always very... Um, excited for me to share their stories um but as soon as that last workshop ended one of the women that attended she came up from kansas city to colorado springs to be a part of this event and she went up to denver to hang out with a couple other friends and i got a text from her and she's very new to accepting that she's a very powerful individual that she has a lot of abilities that you know are controversial in today's society and so it was a really big leap for her to come and get 
cer uh, not certified, but trained and remembered in the Akashic Records. And she was really doubting herself the whole first day. And she was like, well, I don't, I just don't know if it's the master's teachers and loved ones talking to me or if it's just me making this up. Up. And so we had lots of great discussions around that. And she really, really, really opened up. And as soon as it ended, she sent me this text and I'll just read you what she said. She said, I have so many thoughts flooding in right now. And I have to be honest, ever since our breakout session together, my hip and sciatic nerve pain have dulled and eventually were non-existent. And I feel like a million bucks right now. I'm not sure if it's related, but I hope it lasts. It's so nice to not limp up and down the stairs. She said, I feel clearer now than I was coming into this. I came into this with no expectations and left feeling full of love, support, and surrounded by amazing women in different levels of their journey. Such a testimony to what you do and mad respect I have for you. I feel very called to have more sessions with you. And I was just like, hold on, pause. Do you mind if I screenshot and share that? And she's like, please shout it out to the world because I was... She, she wasn't a huge skeptic. She's a big believer in the work. She was a skeptic around her own ability to be able to do it. And yeah. so I was like, people need to hear this. And she was so uh, wonderful in let me, letting me share that. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. And I think that, you know, that's what's so important is that um, one of the reasons this podcast exists is because I really want people to be able to witness and hear you know, real everyday people's stories. It's it's not mm -hmm. like all the people that are awakening are, are like special and like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, we are special and unique, but I mean, it's like, this is happening for so many people and this is how new earth is created, you know, through our belief, through our connection to our hearts, to our souls, to these aspects of self. So I love that, that mm -hmm. you have, have those things to share. Have you had any experiences and the Akashic Records that you could describe? Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned earlier this marriage that I was in that was not wonderful. Um, essentially, like long story, super, super, super compressed. I was in high school and started dating my high school soccer coach. Um, he clearly is like a sexual abuser. He started grooming me at the age of 15. Um, we started actually dating when I was 17. I got pregnant in 18. I walked across a uh, stage for graduation, three months pregnant. Nobody even knew I had a boyfriend. Um, had a baby, got married shortly after that, and then had another one a couple years later. And um, eventually got divorced, right? Like high school student dating, getting married to and having children with her high school soccer coach is not really a recipe for success. And so I got divorced. It was a really, really, really hard divorce because he um, was just not a good person and did a lot of really terrible things. And um, for years after that, I blamed myself for just choosing him, not for anything that he did. I didn't take blame for that. I, I took blame for my own actions and like, okay, like he was a horrible person. Like he was doing really manipulative things, like literal textbook narcissist, but I still fell for it. I still chose to sneak around. I still chose to lie to my family and all of my friends. And I said, I do whenever we got married. And I held a lot of shame for that for a long time. And I went into the Akashic records and I was like, why? Like, why? Like, this is not who I was growing up. I couldn't care less about having a boyfriend. Like I had phenomenal friends and I was an athlete and that took up all my time. And I was super happy with that. So why did he come in and why did I make these decisions that I made? 
turns out in the Akashic Records, what I found out is that my very last lifetime, the one just before this life, um, at 13 years old, I was raped, became pregnant, and died in childbirth. So in that lifetime, there was no opportunity for me to heal from that sexual abuse because I died. So in this lifetime, it was so much safer for my soul to choose my abuser, to choose who my sexual abuser was going to be, which was my first husband. And so, sorry, ex-husband. I don't have a second husband. Um, <laughs> and so, I was like, whoa, girl, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> ex-husband. Um, and so in getting married... I essentially lived a very similar situation to what happened in that last lifetime, but this time I didn't die in childbirth. Therefore, as soon as I found my own power, my own worth within myself, and I told him like, hey, this is over and done, um, that past life healing was complete. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I stood up to him and everything that he was doing to me to make my life miserable, um, all of my power came flooding back in. That is like, that's honestly like when my awakening like truly, truly happened. Um, because that's when I started realizing like, wow, I, I have these psychic abilities. Like I am clear tangent and clear audience. And like, I have a lot of power. And it was because like, that was suppressed until that healing was complete and then all of a sudden like my life just like took off and just started soaring um but realizing that in the akashic records was like one of the most powerful things i i could have ever found in the akashic records to my knowledge at this point in my life because it, it one relieved the shame that i had around myself two allowed myself to open up to men in general again because I got very closed off because that was a really terrible experience right um and then three it just like really uh just give me peace of mind and just that's when I started to see the power that can be found in the Akashic Records I was like I can never stop like there's so many people with stories just across the board and like the the records can help you yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Um, also, thank you for sharing it on, on this podcast too, because, you know, I've said it on, on multiple of these podcasts, but it's very true to me. I hold it this way. And I kind of think that this podcast is a source of that, but you kind of have to report magic when it happens. Right. And mm -hmm. I like to think that this podcast is a place to report magic when we, when we talk to people and hear their stories and what they've gone through um, so that other people can, can hopefully understand maybe people who have started working with certain modalities or feeling things or are meditating and you know having visions or things like that maybe it starts helping them understand a little bit more that you know they're not alone and continues to open up this community um so thank you very much for sharing that what would you tell people who are maybe just starting their awakening path and and starting to to move down it you may have you may actually talk to a lot of people in the work that you do who are starting with that you know where do you start and and how do you help guide them yeah that is a question i get often um the first place that i tell everybody to start is to start unlearning right realize what you actually want versus what you're doing right now um, unlearning society unlearning like traditional religion i'm not saying go against god by any mean i'm just saying like 
just become aware of what you've been taught is right and wrong versus what actually feels good and not good for you. Um, following that, start reading. There is an entire like world of things that you have no idea about. And, and reading just opens up these worlds. Uh, a book that I almost always recommend is called Sacred Powers. And it's written by David G. And it is just a phenomenal book to like intro you into different abilities that you have, different powers that you have, um, mantras and meditation. And it's just a really great place to start to understand how powerful you really truly are. Um, those are always the first two places that I tell people to start. And then also just like starting to connect to your intuition, starting to know what you're actually wanting like what your desires actually are like are you truly happy or are you like societally like perfect right now right um just starting to unlearn honestly is just like the root of everything just, just really questioning everything that you're doing and everything you've been told and where you are in life and if you're truly truly happy with the way things are and if not where can you start making these changes yeah and i, I think it's important at least in in my experience um, you know, that learning what you want, it really takes time, especially as you start on learning and you start on programming and those types of things. You know, I started getting really frustrated with myself because I couldn't come up with what was it that I wanted. Right. And so I mm -hmm. would, I would get really frustrated. Well, it's because I still had this work to do to be able to get into alignment with my higher self and then, you know, talk to my inner child and these sorts of things and to be able to then fully understand it. So there is work to go there. So I would tell anyone too, who's listening, who's maybe starting that, you know, it doesn't just happen just because you want it to, you do have to go through, through that work and open yourself up to, to be able to find out what your true purpose is and what you, what you really do want. And it can be frustrating and it can be scary at times too. Um, but when the breakthrough happens, it definitely, it feels completely in alignment because that's what you are. It really does. And then one other thing that I would add to that is to start talking about what you're doing, to just talk about it with people. Even if you feel crazy, I can't tell you how I'm a big talker. I, I talk a lot and I love to share where I'm at. Um, and things that I'm learning and experiencing. And I don't care how woo-woo they sound, right? My parents still love me. I still have great friends, regardless of how out there I can get. Um, and so I talk and it, I realized that people, whenever I was shopping for cars, I test drove cars with four different car salesmen. And I just start talking and they're like, oh, what do you do for work? I'm like, oh, this will be really fun. Like, let's see your reaction here. Let me tell you about what I do. And in me sharing what I do and some of my beliefs and the modalities and everything, they start telling me these stories of like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Yeah, I had this dream and then it came true. And they're like, I just don't know anybody else that can do this. Or I really, I thought I knew like I had this premonition of something crazy that was going to happen. And then it happened. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, this happens all the time. And they're like, but I don't know anybody else that like, that knows about this or talks about this. And they're like, I don't have anybody to talk to. I'm like, really? Cause you're the fourth person I've been in the car with y'all work at the same dealership. And you're all telling me you don't have anybody to talk to when you're all telling me the same thing. It's like, you just have to start the conversation, right? Like there's four people in one dealership. Y'all are friends. And you're all feeling so isolated in these beliefs and these things that you're experiencing only because 
nobody's opened that channel of communication between you. So, so even if it sounds crazy, like you can preface it and be like, okay, this might sound crazy. That's okay. As long as you say it, you'll realize that there's so many people around you that have a very similar understanding of what it is that you're sharing. Well, and I think that that's one of the reasons I was guided and so called to, to leave the clinical therapy model because, Mm -hmm. um, one of my big purposes is connecting people with themselves, but it's also connecting people to other people, right? And to me, that's, that's, that's how this conscious shift has to happen, right? We start connecting with others. Like, you know, if I had never scheduled a session with you, Michaela, like we wouldn't even know each other, mm-hmm. you know, at least at this point, right? And so it's like, you know, really following what you're called. And and it may be to have one of those conversations that you're like, people might think I'm crazy, but check this out. This is what happened to me. And it's one of the reasons that I just continue to invite people in to, to the community that we have, to the circles that we're offering, which hopefully both of you will be there um, together. So we'll be able to connect a little bit more. But I I think we're reaching this point in this new earth creation, this conscious shift, where um, it has to start happening that way, where, you know, we can't be these like spiritual, you know, like woo woo people that are like holding all of that. It has to be Mm -hmm. starting to have, have that ripple effect of people sharing their experiences and sharing because the the fifth density or fourth density, fifth dimension, however we talk about it, it's only created by holding a frequency. So if we're all hiding these experiences, it's almost impossible to hold that frequency of love and unity and acceptance. Um, When we start talking about dimensions or densities, what are some experiences that you've had that that maybe you told people about and, and it seemed like it was really out there, but now maybe it's something that people accept freely? Um, (laughs) that's funny Um, so one of my best friends like when I say best friend I mean like literal like absolute best friend soul sister like such a deep connection Um, she got spiritually attacked at one point and um, I didn't know what was happening I, I didn't really have an understanding she like ended our relationship like overnight and I was so confused I was, was like so heartbroken it definitely the the biggest heartbreak I've ever experienced because she was like my best friend and like we were going through the rest of our lives together and then just overnight it was like nope we're not friends anymore and I was like I'm sorry what um and it, it took me a while to understand like what happened and um her and I used to spend some time helping lost souls, trapped souls on this earth, um, people who have died that died very suddenly, their soul was stuck here. They didn't realize that they had passed on. They didn't have a physical body anymore. And so we would help them cross over, right? We would like put them hand in hand with an angel. They would carry them over to the other side and, and everybody was like super happy. Well, she got attacked at one point by something not of light. And, um, I, once I realized that that's what happened to her, I freaked out and I went to my psychic and I was like, what do I do? Like, is there anything for me to do? And he was explaining to me how I am um, a very powerful healer in the sense that I work in the light and the dark. He's like, you walk that line, um, call on the owl because, you know, the owl is uh, an animal that walks the light in the dark. And he essentially told me that I need to go 
into the astral realm and do an exorcism for her from distance because she was like, there was no option for me to see her in person. She had cut all contact. And um, so I went into the astral realm. I called on all these different deities that I had initiated with and um, the owl and all kinds of just wonderful, wonderful, powerful um, beings that came and assisted me in this exorcism. Um, and I had all these preconceived ideations of like what this was going to look like, right? Because like Hollywood makes these movies and it's like people are levitating off beds, their heads are spinning in circles, like their bodies contorting in ways that my body doesn't contort. And I was like really scared at first. And I went in, I did this exorcism and I realized how absolutely beautiful and magnificent it is. It wasn't scary at all because um, I was in an astral realm. I wasn't here on earth and I had all these super powerful deities like um, Durga was there and she just, she was so powerful. Um, White Eagle was there. Odin was there. Mary Magdalene was by my side. Isis was by my side. And when I was actually doing this exorcism, um, I was speaking out loud. I could hear their voices next to me saying exactly what I was saying as I was saying it. So there was my voice. And then Durga, Isis, and Mary Magdalene were also speaking the same things at the same times. And so I was like, wow, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm facilitating this. They're doing this. Um, but I laughed because I'm like, yeah, that's definitely one that I get some like, uh, okay, what are you doing? Like side eye energy, right? <laughs> Whenever I try to explain that. So so basically one thing that that I think would be interesting because some people will know and like some people won't can we talk a little bit about the astral realm and and sort of I don't know like like how how you work with it and and when we talk about the astral realm like what that actually means when we say like we're going in right mm -hmm. yeah so the astral realm is just um it's like this <laughs> It's like this different timeline that's like stacked on top of us, I think is an easy way to kind of understand it. Um, if, you, if you can understand that time is not only linear, but it's cyclical, there's all these different timelines that are stacked on top of each other. So there's all these different realities that are occurring at the same time. The astral realm is essentially one of those timelines that you can tap into and you can send your soul into the astral realm and in the astral realm it operates much much differently than this physical realm that we're in right now right energy doesn't have the same rules that we have here in a physical body right in the astral realm you can go and you can meet with other souls amy i've met you in the astral realm multiple times um you can go up there and there's different there's not just human souls that are up there. Like souls are not innately human. Souls are souls. So you can go up there. You can go past life. You can go present life. You can, um, you can meet other souls that are willing to be in the astral realm. Like, like I'm saying, like I've met Amy there. You can go there. You can meet your master teachers and loved ones. You can meet your angels. You can meet your guides. You can have different levels of conversation and like, you can go to the astral realm and it feels like you've been there for like a week and you come back into your physical body in this realm and you're like, oh my gosh, it's actually been like 20 minutes, right? But like time is cyclical, not just linear. So you can go there and you can have these profound experiences. Your, your um, soul like feels like different colors. It feels like different uh, textures. Um, you're just in this just like 
realm of like light is how I see it. I see everything in light. Different people will see it in different ways, but it's just, it's just like a supreme consciousness. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. You know, and, <laughs> and, and I think that, that that's the thing I was talking to someone the other day about this, that that is, you know, whether it's breath work, whether it's meditation, whether it's plant mm-hmm. medicine, what, whatever we are doing as we awaken, yeah, we're, we're helping to heal and remove like blocks and triggers. So, you know, our frequency can go higher and higher, but it's also learning to understand. It's kind of like, you know, when babies learn to walk, you know, they're, they're like trying, they're pulling themselves up on things. They're moving to try to understand how their body works. And I feel like this awakening process, when you get to certain levels of it, sort of like we're learning how to not be in a body, but then be mm-hmm. in a body and mm-hmm. how we marry those two things together. So it feels like um, plant medicine specifically has been calling to me in some specific ways to offer um, people that come to my retreats, but also personally, because I think we're starting to learn how um, to open our minds so fully to all the aspects of self, all that we are, but then all of what's possible. And I see it every day where I'm kind of called to like expand a little bit in a session with a client or say something that maybe I haven't said before and they leave maybe a little bit like, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> but um, but that's where I think the astral realm is such a, a powerful place of healing. And so when we talk about that and the Akashic records and these different spaces, I think sometimes it's just really hard for us to conceive, right, uh, of this idea of not being in a body. And I think that's why death is one of the the fears that we really have to work with during awakening Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And talking about the astral realm and, you know, being in these other sorts of spaces, you know, I think the first time that I started hearing about it was a long time ago. And astral projection was the first method or access point, if you will, in order to reach that space or that realm. And, you know, that kind of has to do with sleep and kind of waking mm-hmm. yourself up mm-hmm. and then trying to go back to sleep and creating those brain waves and that space um, for you to be able to get there. And, you know, I think that can that can be frustrating for a lot of people. And also some people look at it and may think you're dreaming or something like that. But, you know, um, I'm kind of wondering, what are some other methods in which individuals mm-hmm. can access um, the astral realm? Like, are there certain access points or other, other ways, other methods for individuals to access the space other than just astral projection, which again, to me, um, is kind of like the very beginning stage when you start looking at that realm and and trying to understand how to get there. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that that is a pretty common, like first step for people. Cause I mean, you can just go on YouTube and you can search an astral projection, like meditation, right? Go to sleep, whatever. Um, th- there are so many points of access to getting into the uh, astral realm. I mean, if you are well versed in being able to send your soul outside of your body, like you can just close your eyes and send a thought out, right? Or not close your eyes. If I wanted to right now, Amy and I could go meet in the astral realm, but that doesn't feel necessary right now. Um, like she was talking, you know, plant medicine, psychedelics. That's probably like, if, if you're down for that, that's probably the easiest way to get there because it's, it's more or less like you're just going right. You just 
put something in your mouth and boom, give it a little time. Like you're not, your soul is not stuck here in this body. Um, um, there's a lot of different meditations that you can get there. Like she was saying, breath work, uh, will release DMT in your brain that, that will take you to the astral realm really quick. Uh, that, that was really fun experience for me learning different breath work techniques that can get you there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, one thing that I would say that I would just like, if you are attempting to go into the astral realm and you're unsure of whether or not you're there, like, don't have this expectation to like, know to have like this giant, like thing happen. And like, you feel like you're just floating off of your bed. Like, it's not this big drastic, like, oh my gosh, I'm in the astral realm. It's really a trusting of knowing that you're there, like knowing that you can get there and knowing that you are there. Like, it's more of a knowing than, than anything you're going to feel physically and be like, I made it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's very subtle. It's like your intuition. They're very subtle two things it's like one you know that is one of the reasons I was guided to do guided meditations with clients because you know it's twofold we're like helping to have access to our imagination again that's why inner child work is such a big part of awakening but I think the other piece that that is really interesting is that um we've been taught not to trust ourselves you know mm -hmm. as children you know we go to school we learn to follow the rules like around second grade you know we start trying to fit into these boxes and really where that's led us is to not trust ourselves so that with also taking on responsibilities and like as adults giving up more of our imagination we're having to really relearn that like our intuition does feel like our imagination that it is our voice. It's not going to be like always something else, but that, you know, we have to start trusting that these everyday experiences or voices in our head or um, when we imagine something that that actually like is real and that that is actually part of accessing the astral realm or accessing another density. Um, one question that, that I think it's been floating around is that, um, with the story you told about your friend and with the work that you do and helping people, you know, access the Akashic Records or talking about the astral realm, are there certain things that, that you have people do as far as protection or ritual or different things? Because it's really my, my feeling in some ways, right, that we're, we're going to have the experiences that we need to grow and do the things that, that we came and incarnated to do. Um, like all the time, what comes through for me is, you know, people are afraid of scorpions or snakes or different things. And I'm like, I don't have a lesson with scorpions or snakes, so I'm not really worried about it. It's not to say mm -hmm. I'll never see one ever, but um, do you have different ways that you sort of talk through people through um, how, how to do protections or, or how to stay in your own power and connected to yourself? Hmm. When I'm in session with somebody, I don't really ask them to do anything like that because um, I am holding the space. I am creating the space. Um, I'm guiding them where they need to go. And we're also doing like, if it's somebody, if I can sense any kind of hesitancy in that person, then we'll pause for a second 
and it'll be like, okay, we're going to remember here, you, you are going to affirm to yourself in your mind's eye, like you are in complete control of where we're going right now. If this doesn't feel good to you, your free will says no, right? There, I can't overcome your free will no matter, no matter what I do. That's the one thing everybody has is their own free will. So it's like, we'll just pause and we'll be like, okay, I'm safe here. I'm safe in this space. I'm choosing this. I'm allowing this to happen. And I know that great things are going to come from it. Um, if, if somebody, if somebody was asking for protection like that, I would absolutely encourage them to start grounding and explain to them what that means and the different forms that grounding can take. Um, also, as whether we were in session or not, if they're explaining something like that to me, as soon as they finish verbalizing everything that they're afraid of or what it is that's coming up for them, I'm going to ask them like, okay, now close your eyes, do a body scan. Where is that energy like accumulating in your body? Where is that? And more times than not, it's showing up in their chest. And it's like, all right, become really familiar with this now. Like what color is that energy taking up? Is it is it taking up a shape in your chest? Is it taking um, any kind of texture? Like, what does this look like? Let's get really, really familiar with it. Once we're really familiar with what it looks like, okay, now what is that energy? It's an emotion that is trapped inside of your body. What emotion is showing up? Let's say it's abandonment. Okay, now we're going to ask your higher self, when was the last time you felt this expression of abandonment? They're going to think and answer, and it's okay. They're just really familiar with what this abandonment feels like. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to ask your higher self again. This one's going to take you a little bit longer because you probably don't have conscious memory of it. When was the first time you ever felt this expression of abandonment? And they're going to be like, oh, I was like 11. Okay, can you see your 11-year-old self? Ask her if this feeling of abandonment is familiar or if it's new. And they say familiar. Like, okay, cool. Now ask the 11-year-old to take you back to the first time you ever felt this expression of abandonment. Now we're outside of the brain. Now the higher self can come in and can, like, some people uh, will hear their higher self say, like, you were one years old, right? Or you were in the womb. Or you were three years old. And it's like, okay, I'm hearing the number two. Okay, cool. Go back, find your two-year-old self. What happened? Why is she feeling abandoned right now? Like, like who's abandoning her? And what did she actually need to feel okay right now? Um, and then we'll get to the bottom of it, right? We're creating new neural pathways so that the memory that you actually experienced, now you can recreate that memory into a very positive experience where you're giving yourself what you needed at that time to not feel abandoned. And... Uh, come back into this timeline and everything is better. So, so less about guarding, more about like understanding how to navigate. Like, like if you have these fears around something like a scorpion, your body's trying to tell you something. You're, it's trying to communicate with you. We just have to learn how to listen and then how to, uh, how to communicate back. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So would you say, when you're, when you're doing this process, right, when you're doing this work with someone, is that accessing the astral realm? Is it similar? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would call that accessing the astral realm. I would call that more, um, oh, what is it called? Time travel. You're, you're traveling backwards in time. And like, right, we, we understand time travel from, again, the Hollywood sense of time traveling. But like, it's a power that we actually possess. We can do it and we can do it very easily. And that's what you're doing. If I, if you're, if the session is being called to integrate to something in the past, we are time traveling. You are going back to yourself at two years old 
and you are recreating this memory. Whenever you come back to this timeline, physiologically in your brain, you literally created new neural connections in your brain. You have a new memory. So how's time travel different than the astral realm? Um, you know, that I don't really have an answer for that question. Perhaps they're the same. Perhaps they're connected. You know, when it comes to energy, anything is possible. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Kind of kind of when you were saying that, I'm like, I'm like, I think we need different names so, like, our brain can comprehend it. Right. But really, right. it's like liminal space, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're in liminal space. And I... I don't know if I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but um, on TikTok, I still remember seeing this video where someone drew the diagram and it looks almost like a donut, right? A circle with a smaller circle in the middle, like a hole in the middle. And they're like, your higher self is in the middle and Mm -hmm. like say it's moving clockwise. And so basically everything that's passed is technically behind you, right? On the circle. But what we're actually learning to do instead of following the circle, like clockwise, we're learning to cross the circle to different moments, right? Mm -hmm. And so in our understanding here, time travel, all these things, is like going backwards. But actually when we start, like literally the process I think you're walking people through is it's like, is like, oh, I'm just gonna go connect just like I would pick up a cell phone and call you, right? So I'm going to connect to like my four month old self. And like, I don't specifically have memories of being four months old, four months old, but whatever that, that aspect of self decides to show me right in that moment, you know, that's where we're doing exactly what you're talking about. I'm I'm a little bit giving you a hard time, but also like (laughs) in, in a curious way, because, because everybody like has their own way of understanding it and none of them there's no right way you know there's no one way because we can we're creators at the end of the day Mm -hmm. so with all the work that you do where can people find you and access you to be able to find out more about you set up sessions those types of things yeah i'm on instagram and tiktok um those are the two platforms that i find really fun and vibey um tiktok is definitely my favorite uh, it's just Michaela.ray on there with two E's in Ray because somebody took it with one E. Um, and then I have my website and it's soulchargehealing.com. Uh, yeah, come join the family. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll make sure to put those in the show notes so that everybody listening can um, easily find those and easily reach out and, and link up with you. Um, with that said, I think we're ready to jump into five questions. So Amy, I'll let you take it away with the first one, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think my, the first question I want to ask is, so of, of all your spiritual tools, what is the top five? Like if you just had to grab a bag and go, what, what, what would you bring with you? Um, well, I would take my own spiritual tools that I use in order to be able to communicate and so if you're asking five, that's easy. I'd take Claire Cannon, see Claire Audience, see Claire Augustine, Claire Sentience, <laughs> and whichever Claire I'm missing right there so that I can just stay in and stay tapped in and like hear my intuition so loud that anything else that comes through would be like so easy to understand and navigate. <laughs> of course that's where you are. I'm at like a crystal, like, <laughs> like, you know, you know, whatever else. <laughs> take all my spiritual gifts yeah yeah everything inside of me right we are the most powerful tool that we have 
perfect. <laughs> I love it. What is uh what is something people often get wrong about you? Ooh. Hmm. I think gosh, that's a tough question. I am typically a very like um very excitable individual, a very happy um always in really good energy. Uh, I think people can misconstrue that and think that I'm just like always happy all the time. And I think that that's a facade that I definitely don't want out there because if I feel tired, I'm going to honor that. If I feel angry, I have a very good relationship with my internal anger and I will find very good sources to express that anger in a place that feels safe and not harmful to myself or anybody else. Um, if I'm sad, I'm going to cry and I will not apologize for it. Um, I am, I, I think that it's really easy for me to be very happy and very peaceful and hold space for people because I have a very good relationship with everything that comes up and I have really good ways of expressing them. And so I, th that's probably my best guess. <laughs> you, you talked a lot about um, reading earlier in our discussion. Yeah what is, and you can already, you can go with Sacred Powers. You did mention that book, but what is mm -hmm. one book to you that is very important to you um, personally and to your own personal growth? Hmm. Sacred Powers is definitely a really good one. I also read, it's called the Sophia Code. And the Sophia Code, it very much talks about it as its form of, its own form of religion. But I find it a really powerful book because it will present different goddesses is what that book is mostly about. And it, it gives you a really deep understanding of who like uh, Isis is and who Mary Magdalene is and who Mother Mary is. And it gives a great description of them and how they've been misconstrued. And it also gives a really phenomenal initiation to each of them. And uh, it's a book that that I don't ever recommend rushing through. Like, absolutely take your time with it. I've read it a couple different times. And the first time I read it, it probably took me six months to get through because I really wanted to honor the things that were in it. And I really wanted to do the initiations appropriately. But that was a really, really wonderful book for me. What is, um, like, if we were to look at a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life, what is an ordinary moment in your life that brings you immense joy? <laughs> um, being outside anywhere, just laying in the sun. I call it my lizard moments. I literally just want to be outside and I just want to like absorb the sun in like into my skin and into my soul and into my aura. Um, I spend a lot of time doing that. Just find a rock and just lay, especially in the winter when it's so cold and like whenever the sun hits, it hits extra good. So in this current space you're in right now, what spirit animal or totem are you working with? Oh, I love that question. Right before I was guided to teach the Akashic Records for the first time, I did a shamanic journey with a beautiful friend of mine who's a really powerful shaman, and the white horse came to me. And I've always thought horses are like beautiful and they have such a great soul, like all horses do, but I've never had one come in as a spirit animal. And this horse just came in and it was just so purely white. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are gorgeous. And I was like, okay, what's your message for me? And it just kept saying over and over soul purity. 
And I was like, wow, okay, that's wonderful. So the white horse has been walking with me for about four weeks now. Beautiful, beautiful. That's such a magnificent image. Mm -hmm. What are five songs that are your favorite or match five milestones in your life? <laughs> this is so great. I messaged Amy as soon as I listened to Veronica's episode on your podcast because she said her favorite song for the longest time has been Angels on the Moon by Thriving Ivory. And I lost it because I was like, that has been my favorite song for years and years and years. And I've never met anybody else who has even heard of that song, let alone it being their favorite song. So I just loved that. I was like, dude. Who is Veronica? Because I love her like immediately. Um, so that song is really wonderful. Right now, my favorite songs are different with it than what they've been in the past because right now I'm really in this frequency of love and using music to, to put yourself in that frequency is super powerful. And so a friend of mine, my shamanic friend, sent me a Spotify list that has just like really high vibrational songs and so my favorite ones right now, there's this song called, um, it's called My Home by A-Win. It's A-W-I-N. And it's just beautiful. The first time I listened to it, I started crying immediately. I was like, this is amazing. Um, Rising Appalachia. I'm not sure if that's how you actually say it, but Rising Appalachia, Appalachia. I don't know. I say it differently in my head. They have this song called I Believe in Being Ready. And they just have, they have like one of those buffalo drums. And it's just such a deep deep like rooted beautiful song that you just like feel so strongly in your body it's wonderful um there's a song called acoustic by billy raffowl i think if i can say it and it's just talking about like this acoustic love where it's not like you don't have to be loud you don't have to be like in your face with other people but it can just be like a really just like basic like simple just honest and true loving relationship where it's just like the two of you and it's just like the the little moments that make relationships really special and that's like what the whole song is about um and then I gotta I gotta throw it back to like middle school version of me for a moment like ushers yeah will be a forever favorite of mine and like my daughters are young yeah whatever judge me for the music that I listen with my kids but they love that song and so every time it comes on in the car, we all, we turn it up, we're driving through the mountains, we're dancing in the car. Yeah, it's like slightly inappropriate, but like when I was little, I didn't know what they were saying either. And so it's just a fun song to just blast and start dancing. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Rising Appalachia is, uh, I love them so much. Yeah, they're incredible. What are you illuminating in the world, Miss Michaela? Um, I think that, that my initial answer to that is love. Just just remembering that everything comes back to love. Anything that's not love is just a separation from love. Um, Brian Weiss has a phenomenal book. It's called Only Love is Real. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. I don't know why that book is only coming to me just now. That's definitely another one of my favorites that had a massive impact on me. Um, but if I were to choose one thing that I'm illuminating, it's love. Self-love, love. love between everybody around you, love for the earth, love for the sun, love for where we are on our journey. Um, everything just comes back to love. Beautiful. 
So Michaela, thank you so much for sharing your story and being here with us. As we discussed earlier, we'll put all of your contact information in the show notes for people to get in contact with you, learn more about you, hopefully schedule some sessions. Is there anything else you'd like to put out there right now before we say goodbye for the day? Um, you know, the only thing is just to like to always listen to what's actually calling you. Of course, I would love to work with anyone and everyone, but don't do it just because like you think you should do it because it like really, really calls. And that's true for any healer, any relationship, any partnership, any collaboration, like really feel into the energy of the person that you're around. And if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't, don't. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Everyday Illumination. We hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to like, review, and or subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. We're pretty much on all of them, so just type in Everyday Illumination, click the like or subscribe button, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review. And of course, the absolute best way to support this is to just spread the love and to share it with your friends, family, or anyone with ears who you think would appreciate these conversations. Amy, would you like to tell people where they can find you? Yes, if you'd like to follow my journey or work with me, you can find me as The Eliminated Psychologist on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, soon to be YouTube. And my uh, web address is Amy, A-M-Y, L as in Larry, E-I, T as in Tom, E-R, Lighter, amylighter.com. Thanks so much.